Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence of Roots Base Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today, the premise is constantly assessing information. Constantly assessing information. I should probably write that down because I might forget it, but I'll try to remember. Constantly assessing information. Today, I got into a bit of an argument. It wasn't really an argument. It was um, Ian Happ had just recorded his second hit of the day. And Brett from Bleacher Nation was commenting, Another hit by Ian Happ. I'm sorry if this offends any of you. Perfectly legitimate, perfectly proper tweet. Someone along the line respond to, responded to it by criticizing Ian Happ for not being consistent. Not being consistent. My response was kind of kind of blunt. Name me four major league hitters in history that have been consistent. Just four. Hitters aren't consistent. Pitchers aren't consistent. They have slumps. They have hot streaks. Maybe somebody wants to say, hey, hey, hey. Pedro Martinez was very consistent in, what was it, 1999? He had an ERA of like a buck 40. Well, yeah, that's the point. He was fantastically good in 1999. But he wasn't as good in the other years. He wasn't consistent. Consistent is you have the exact same thing every time. For instance, let's say you go to the store, whatever store it is you're going to. You decide you want to buy a deck of cards. You want to buy a deck of bicycle cards. And on the package, you look on the package, it's the number 4072. 4072 bicycle cards. You know, on the barcode scanner thing. Then, a couple weeks later, you go back to the store and you get a 4072 bicycle card from the same store. It's exactly the same. It's consistent couple weeks later, you're a couple states over. You go to the store. You get a bicycle 4072. It's the same. It's consistent. Things that are exactly the same are consistent. Baseball players are not consistent. Baseball players have hot streaks. Baseball players have cold streaks. And as we are assessing baseball players, or whatever we're assessing that's important to us, we should be open to new information. New bit of information comes down the pipe, or the pike, whichever one you prefer. Assess said information. That one bit of information should not be any more or less important than the bit of information that came through 57 times before or 314 times before. This is a bit of information. Assess that, throw it into the um whatever into the crock pot of information. There you go. Okay, well, here's a bit of information. Here's a bit more information. And as you start to develop 
a consistent string of what's going on, it's perfectly fine to say, hey, there is a tendency toward this specific thing happening. When something comes through that is contrary to your assessment, ooh, okay, this is contrary to what I was prior thinking. Hmm, okay, now maybe I should possibly be a bit more uh, willing to waver on my opinion because this is conflicting information. When you disregard conflicting information, when you disregard conflicting information, you are displaying cognitive dissonance. New information, nope, sorry, too complicated, already made up mind, not paying attention to the new information. That's not a baseball thing. That's an anything thing. Let's say you think that Idaho is the greatest state in the USA. Information that comes through that says, Iowa good, Iowa schools smart, Iowa weather fantastic, Idaho, Idaho, Idaho stuff, Idaho stuff that's good, mind that, Idaho stuff that's bad, disregard, completely disregard, obviously must be from a hack, disregard it. That's cognitive dissonance. What you ought to be doing with players when information comes through, this information ought to be assessed. If it's different from what you're used to, you should assess it. It's, if it's the same from what you're used to, you should assess it. Okay, now let's step away from Ian Happ for a moment. Let's go to the iCubs game. Let's go to the iCubs game from today. Matt Swarmer started the season rather poorly. Started the season rather poorly. His last 10 starts have been fantastic. See how that's conflicting? You had information before that said, this player bad. Now you have 10 successive starts of this player good. How does one justify two globules of information that are entirely, completely different? How does one assess that? Hmm. Okay. At some point, new information that's different from prior information ought to be assessed as this is a reasonable clump of information that probably ought to be put together and commented on. So what I said was, I, I, I clinked, I clinked, clinked, um, sub-tweeted an Alex Cohen tweet about Matt Swarmer's last 10 starts. And I said something to the extent of, if the Chicago Cubs need another starting pitcher from Iowa, this last month, Matt Swarmer would probably be the one to try. See how I did that? I didn't say Matt Swarmer is fantastabula and he should always be honored at every occasion. Nor did I say, well, obviously these 10 starts are fake or he's getting lucky or they exist. They exist. Over the last 10 starts, Matt Swarmer has been the best starter for Iowa. End of thought. Other thought. 
with these last 10 starts from Matt Swarmer, <coughs> there is a possibility that someone in the offseason might consider him a Rule 5 draft pick option. Why? Because his last 10 starts have been really good. And maybe they are banking on that last 10 batch of starts being a legitimate sample size. See how cognitive dissonance is absolutely horrible? When you've already decided any new information that is conflicting with what I already know to be the case. Because after all, I know everything that matters. I know everything that matters. Anything conflicting should be disregarded. I'm going to just stick with my facts as I know them. That's stupid. <laughs> That's absolutely absurd. You, when you have new information coming in all the time, because players are not permanently always consistent, they fluctuate. You should always be assessing information. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's do it again. Um, Brendan Little has been very good recently for Tennessee and Iowa. Very good for Tennessee and Iowa. Today, he came into a bit of a pickle in a game against Indianapolis. The I-Cubs led 3-1, to one, keyed by a good start by Matt Swarmer. I don't know if you've heard, but maybe, maybe you've heard. Matt Swarmer's been doing really well his last 10 starts. Um, the next pitcher, uh, Juan Gomez, got out of the sixth inning without causing any additional damage to um, Matt Swarmer's numbers. And in the eighth, immediately got in trouble. First four hitters, there were some walks. I think there was a double. And after four hitters, there was one, on, uh, one out, and the bases were loaded in a 3-1 game. So he was gassed. He was lifted, and Brendan Little was brought in. Okay, now, you know what this is time for? This is time for having more information coming in. This is what I live for. Brendan, Brendan Little, does he deserve a 40-man roster spot? This has 40-man roster spot implications written all over it. Bases loaded. One out. Two out save shot. What's he going to do? First four pitches, outside the zone. Uh-oh. Three to two, bases loaded, one out. Still can work his way out of it. Still can, you know, get everything done. I think it's the first pitch. Fly ball, center field, Ian Miller leaps. It's over his head. Ball game over. Now, additional information. An outing by Brendan Little was not successful. Information to be thrown into the informational crockpot regarding Brendan Little for 
Should he be called up to the majors? Should he be given a 40-man roster spot? All that kind of stuff. Added information. Assess the information. Some of the information that comes in is conflicting with information that has long been held as accurate. Okay? Information. Assessing information. Assessing information. Assessing information. Information assessed. I'm not going to say that Brendan Little should not receive a 40-man roster spot because he had one bad outing in early September in Indianapolis. But it is information to assess. It is information to assess because it is information on a pertinent Cubs-related topic. You got time for another one? You got time for another one? Once the... um. Iowa-Indianapolis game got over. Shortly thereafter, the Tennessee Smokies game began. The Tennessee Smokies, up until two or three minutes before the first pitch, there was no information on who the Tennessee Smokies were starting today. Information, none. Nada, nothing, absolute zero. Not a bit, totally vacant. No information on who the starting pitcher was going to be. And who the starting pitcher was going to be would have a large impact on how much I was going to buy into said game. Information comes through. Starting pitcher for the Tennessee Smokies, Anderson Espinoza. Bing! I'm all in. Okay. Um, Anderson Espinoza in the first inning, two strikeouts, two walks, a bit too much um, busy, too many pitches. I think he had 20, 21 pitches in the first inning. I gave him a flat C for the first inning. Uh, second inning was better. Third inning was really good. Fourth inning, he ended up... Uh, third inning, fourth... No, second inning. Second inning, he, um, he actually gave up a run. Second inning... Let me see, let me see. Second inning, first hitter, um, between the first two hitters, uh, there's a line drive off of Anderson Espinosa's backside, either his uh, buttocks or his hip, somewhere in that range. He reacted to go get the ball, picked it up. The throw to first wasn't particularly very good, and the first baseman didn't catch the ball. Um, it was ruled a hit. It could have been a, it could have been an E1. It could have been an E3. It could have been a single. They ruled it a single. Um, then there was a bouncy, bouncy, bouncy hit. Then there was a bloop hit. So it's bases loaded, one out. Next hitter hits a fly ball to... Not particularly deep in the outfield. Rafael Morel throws it to the plate. Offline. Catcher is unable to make the tag. Runner is safe. And then I think there's a strikeout. Even though there was a run scored, it was a better inning than the first. It was it, There were the hits, three of them, but 
he really did pitch well in that inning. And two of the hits were, one of them was a bouncy, bouncy hit, and one of them was a blue hit. I'm not going to get all bent out of shape out of either of those. Um, the next three innings, he still didn't have his command. He was walking too many hitters. But whenever he'd throw a fastball, there just wasn't a whole lot of contact on it. There just wasn't a whole lot of contact. Anderson Espinoza lasted five innings, enough to get qualify for the win. Um, his fastball wasn't getting hit. His location, uh, his command on his breaking stuff, um, not so much. But people weren't hitting his fastball. People weren't hitting his fastball. One thing that I was picking up on is Anderson Espinosa is a reasonably decent athlete. There were a number of different plays where he had to cover first or he had to chase something down. He is a relatively good athlete. That will eventually work its way into my... Uh, <laughs> My crockpot of information on Anderson Espinoza. In general, it was a fantastic outing. Uh, five innings, three hits, all of them in the same inning, and one of them was a bloop, and one of them was a bouncy, bouncy hit, and one of them could have been there. One run, charged is earned, very well could have not been earned. Uh, I think it was like four walks, five strikeouts in a double A start. In a double-A start against a good offensive team that may well make the double-A postseason. There's nothing to complain about there. There's nothing to complain about there. And oh, by the way, today in Houston, San Diego is playing against the Astros. And Jake Marisnik, not in the starting lineup. Marisnik was who the Cubs traded to get Anderson Espinosa, who in his double-A debut, five innings, one run, ruled as earned, three hits. Brennan Davis had a solo homer as well as a single. And I think Edwin Figuera drove in. Harrison Wenson? I think I'm right on both of them, but I'm not totally sold on either one of them. So, Anderson Espinoza left with a 2-1 to one lead. He could get a win in his double-A debut. Information, 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 information. When information comes in, assess it as if it is is just as valid as any other bit of information, whether you wanted to hear it or not. Anderson Espinoza was fantastic. What I see Anderson Espinoza being is, in maybe 2022, the kind of guy the Cubs bring in in the seventh inning, eighth inning. Dude, you got this. Throw 15, 18, 20 pitches and get out of the inning. That's why I see Anderson Espinosa being as soon as 2022. It could be, if he can get in, what's it going to be? Two, three more starts for Tennessee? 
two or three. It should be two. Possibly they could turn it into three. Um, yeah, starts for Tennessee. Get him more looks. I Let's see. He was up to 71 pitches when he came out for the fifth inning. I think he was prob- finished probably 86, 87, maybe 90. Um, it was not a light workload. It was not a, a light workload. He is showing that he can provide some distance. He can provide some length. And he was 90, 95, 96, high of 97. He was hitting 97 periodically enough, so it wasn't a surprise. He doesn't throw as hard as Daniel Palencia, but you can pretty much book him 95, 96 with an upside of 97 over a 90-pitch outing in A. <sighs> Full breath. Information to sort, information to sort, information to sort, information to sort. This entire concept started with someone saying that Ian Happ is not consistent. No player is consistent. Espinoza today had five entirely different innings. In general, I'm going to give him a, I'll give him an A minus on it. The, um, the sum was better than the total of the parts, but yeah, he had a very good outing, very good outing, very good outing to assess, sort through, and very good information, very athletic you have some pitchers who aren't. He is. Espinoza, if he stays healthy, makes sense as a reliever for the Chicago Cubs in 2022 if he pitches well in Iowa. And I see no reason why he wouldn't pitch well in Iowa. I think probably next year the Cubs move him to being a reliever. But I think it's been a very good idea for Espinoza, both in the Padres organization this year and the Cubs organization this year, to get as much activity as possible because he's had a lot of time to make up. Information sorting. Sorting new information. If you're trying to learn about baseball. There is always new information. It's up to the viewer. It's up to the listener. Do I wish to assess this information as if it might be valid? Or do I wish to instead assume that the information that I already have on something similar to this topic is complete enough and accurate enough so I can completely disregard what I've discovered today. That's up to you. That's completely up to you. But what I want to try to do is assess how is this player 
whether familiar or not, going to likely do on into the future. To me, that seems vital if you're trying to learn shit. If you're trying to learn shit, you should assess information as it comes in, whether it agrees with what you thought you knew before or whether it is entirely conflicting. It doesn't matter the topic. It can be something science-related. It can be something mathematics-related. Heck, you might even, at some point in your life, learn something about history that, huh, I did not know that before. Possibly, perhaps, just maybe the information I was acting off of before was hogwash and I should assess this information as more important than what I thought I knew before. Maybe just maybe. With baseball games, you have information coming in every day through the season. You can assume that stuff that I knew three months ago or three years ago or three decades ago, I'm going to hold to it, man, because my entire who that I am is based on that information being accurate, whether it is or not. It's your call. It's entirely your call. As for me, I want to try to be accurate. I want to try to learn stuff as that new stuff becomes accurate. And if you really want to have an opportunity to learn some new information Jordan Wicks debuts for the South Bend Cubs tonight in about an hour. If the Cubs-Pirates game ever ends, which I'm not sure will necessarily be accurate, um, it should be broadcast on Marquee Network. Watching Jordan Wicks, paying attention to Jordan Wicks, possibly taking some notes all that kind of stuff. What are the things that you can count on from Jordan Wicks? What are the things that you might want him to improve upon on into the future? How is his changeup? How is his slider? How is his fastball? How is his curveball? How is... All that kind of stuff. If you want to know about Jordan Wicks, you might want to be listening to that game. Now, I'm interested in the Myrtle Beach game. I'm interested in the Myrtle Beach game. Porter Hodge, starting for Myrtle Beach. Interesting player in his own right. But I'm sorry, <laughs> Jordan Wicks, little tiny, little tiny. I, I, I'm, I'm holding my fingers really tight, really close to each other, really tight, just a little tiny bit more interested in Jordan Wicks right now than Porter Hodge, just a little tiny bit. Um, you get information thrown at you all the time. If you're a baseball fan, you're paying attention to enough major league games or minor league games or college games or high school games or anything games. This new information that comes in, how important is it? Why should I trust it? Why should I disregard it? What is my reasoning for deciding whether this information is worth valuing over other information or not? What is my reasoning? What is my logic? 
once you properly can assess new information, you take a step forward. If you refuse to properly assess any new information that may conflict with what you already thought you knew, it's your choice, man. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great rest of your Sunday and Jordan Wicks in about an hour.